Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. All righty. Happy Friday. Anything going on? What's going on in the world today? What's happening with you? 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Me? Oh. Oh, you know, I just, I've been finding all sorts of, you know, nests of leftists to just kick on social media. Look, you have your hobbies. I have my hobbies. I don't judge you, right? By the way, if you want to see any of the nest kicking, you can follow me on Twitter, X, Twitter, at Pete Callender. You can also email me during the show, Pete at the Pete Callender Show.com. Alrighty, so uh, what have I been kicking nests over? Well, basically, it's all over the, uh, the border situation. And um, you're going to start seeing a term that lefties are using all over the place, civil war. As Saul Alinsky preached, the action is the reaction, right? This is antagonism. And so by putting it out there that you guys want civil war, you're a bunch of bigots. This is what they're saying. You're bigots because you think Texas should defend itself, that Texas should be able to secure its border because the federal government is refusing to do so. That means you obviously want a civil war and you obviously are a racist and a bigot and a xenophobe. So these are the talking points. Why? For the reaction. Like, I'm not sure people on the right realize what's coming when you have people that go down and start LARPing as border protection, because that's what's going to start happening, which is what the left would like to see happen. People go down there and they're like, I'm going to go help defend the border. And then something's going to happen. They thought they had it with the drowning of the woman and the two children in the Rio Grande last week. Right. They thought that this was going to be their Jorge Floyd moment. Right. To then start uh, organizing the mass protests, accusing Texas and Republicans of having uh, these deaths on their hands, that they were the cause of it. When, in fact, in the DOJ court filing, which I mentioned the other day, we went over those filings, that the DOJ acknowledged actually the Mexican officials had already uh, retrieved the bodies of the victims out of the river before Homeland Security or the Texas National Guard, before any of them even were alerted to the fact that there were people in the water that needed rescue. So... They thought they had it. They thought they had their Jorge Floyd moment or Jorgina Floyd moment, and they did not. And so now uh, with the Supreme Court ruling on the injunction, which, again, I covered all of this stuff yesterday. So if you missed yesterday's program, you can get the podcast at the uh, WBT.com. You can click subscribe and it comes right to your smartphone or tablet. So you can hear all of the details about the Supreme Court and all of that. We've been we've we've covered it over the course of the last three days. 
the injunction simply said that the state of Texas can't cut down the or sorry, cannot stop the uh, uh, the feds from cutting down the razor wire. State of Texas has been putting up razor wire, concertina wire, and the Border Patrol wants to cut it down. And well, not all Border Patrol, like the leadership, the administration wants to cut it down. And the state of Texas sued and they said, you can't cut that down. They got an injunction at a lower court. It went up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court lifted that injunction, which what does that mean? It doesn't mean Texas has to do anything. It just means that the feds can cut the wire. Texas can keep putting up new wire, which, by the way, they are doing. That is not uh, ignoring the direction of the Supreme Court. That's not undermining the courts, right? Again, with the left, you always have to keep in mind they are guilty of that which they accuse you. And so now they're talking civil war. Now they're throwing this out there that you guys are trying to get a civil war insurrection. They want Biden to uh, to, uh, uh, implement the Insurrection Act. They They want to fight. Why? They don't think they're going to win. I mean, maybe some of them do think they're going to win because, you know, Biden's in charge of the military and they just like they salivated this idea of having a bunch of fighter jets just, you know, strafing Republicans, just, you know, wiping them all out of Texas, except, you know, just murdering everybody in Texas except for Austin. Right. Just like nuking everything around Texas except for Austin. Some of them do want to see that. I have no doubt about that. But I would submit probably the vast majority of people don't want to see that. War is hell. War never changes. So what's the point of provoking in this sense? To, in order to get uh, the right to do something, to cause something, to engage in some sort of violent act. Well, then they get to react. Look at everything that has occurred since January 6th. Right? If you believe that there were feds, undercover agents, Antifa, whatever. If you believe that there were false flag actors in that crowd on January 6th that uh, helped to motivate and inspire the crowd, whip up the crowd to storm the Capitol and vandalize, put their feet on desks and stuff. If you think that there were agents provocateur in the crowd, why would you think this is any different? I highly recommend you stay away from whatever is going on down there. The fewer people that are outside of the, the military structures that are along the border, I would submit the better. I understand the argument for everybody securing the border and all this. But the Alinsky rules for radicals clearly state, right, the action is in the reaction. And so when you get that reaction, if you're the left and you get a violent reaction like J6, you now get to act on that, and you get to cite it as the reason for all sorts of things that you want to do to target your political enemies. There are people, I'm not kidding, there are people on the left that say this is Trump's fault, that the border being overrun as it has been for three years, that this is Donald Trump's fault. It is delusional if not dishonest, right? 
if the people who are saying this don't actually know because they're just spoon-fed crap, like a mushroom kept in the dark and eating poop that is fed to them by uh, you know leftist sites and such, and even mainstream media outlets that have largely ignored the story until like today, right? then they don't know. Then they are ignorant, and they don't want to know because when you give them the information, they refuse to listen. They will block you. They'll mock you. They don't want to hear it. They believe that Donald Trump created this mess, and he created it because while they're trying to hammer out a deal behind closed doors to give Ukraine a whole bunch of money in exchange for more money for Border Patrol to process into the country even more unauthorized immigrants, to have more come in, because that's what the money would go for. And so Donald, and I covered this yesterday on the show, too, about talked about incentives. Where are they aligned? The incentives are all aligned for no deal on the border. The Republican leadership wanted Ukraine funding in there. That's what they all wanted. And so they were like, okay, well, why don't we do some border deal? Which, by the way, just not for nothing, nobody even knows the details of that deal yet, right? We don't even know what what the final uh, uh, draft of that proposal was. There, But the Speaker of the House said, "There's, from what he has heard, there's no way that thing's passing the House. So the thing to keep in mind in all of this is that Congress doesn't actually have to do anything here. This is all Joe Biden's policies. He reversed the policies of Trump, made a big deal about it, did a big, uh, you know, signing ceremony and Everybody was celebrating, yay, we got rid of the racist Donald Trump border policies. These are his. If he wants to fix it, he can do so. He can reverse course like he did with the Houthis, right? I mean, kind of. I mean, he didn't, like, he didn't do like a 180. He did like a 90-degree turn. He didn't totally call them a foreign terrorist organization. He gave them like junior varsity status, which basically means nothing. But baby steps, you know, it was a bit of a reversal. So maybe he should look to do that. He can fix the border crisis if he wants to. He does not want to. He is using it in order to pack more people into states to drive up census numbers so there are more representatives allocated in certain states. That's what's happening. Census counts. They want to count the Democrats. This was the big fight in 2020. Do you count people or do you count citizens? And if you count People, illegal immigrants, count towards your total for the congressional allocations. So you get more power in Congress, even though those people can't vote for you because they're illegal aliens. Brilliant system. Be warned, people. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? 
I've been informed that Article 4, Section 4, and Article 1, Section 10 are not in the Constitution. I, was just, I, I am as shocked as you are. Here I was reading the Constitution, thinking that that's the Constitution and that the words in the Constitution are in the Constitution because I'm reading the Constitution. But the joke was on me, apparently, no. Apparently, rookie mistake, Pete. Rookie, rookie mistake. mistake. Yeah, I, I, I apologize. That is totally my bad. Thank God for Twitter X because I would never have been uh, uh, educated to the fact that the words in the Constitution are not in the Constitution. So, David Harsani, writing at The Federalist, he says a talking point cropping up on social media and, uh, and in the press contends that Texas Governor Greg Abbott is, quote, ignoring or defying the Supreme Court by continuing to erect fencing along the U.S.-Mexican border. But this is wrong. Abbott can't ignore the Supreme Court. You know why? Because Texas was not ordered to do anything. You can't ignore an order that didn't do anything. You can't can't ignore an order... That didn't exist. The Supreme Court vacated an order against Homeland Security. That order stopped the feds from cutting down the fencing. So it said, we're lifting that. The court said, we're going to lift that. Feds, you want to cut down the wire, you go right ahead and cut it down. I don't know why at this point, Border Patrol doesn't just, like, suit up everybody in, like, wetsuits, get some boats or whatever, and just just go across. Just go across the river and get everybody, load them up, and just ferry them across themselves at this point. Seriously. Here's the other thing. The wire is meant to keep uh, the unauthorized immigrants from crossing at points other than the legal entry points. There are, like, 28 of them in Texas. There are legal entry points where you get processed. Where these people are trying to cross, where they're encountering the wall, fencing, barbed wire, razor wire, whatever, where they're encountering these things are in areas of the border where they're not supposed to be crossing. Which then makes you wonder, why are they crossing at the points they're not supposed to be crossing if they are truly seeking asylum under the laws? Now, when they get picked up, the first thing they say is, asylum, I cannot go back to my country or I'm going to be killed. And that then trigger, and they know this, they're instructed on that. They say that to Border Patrol, Border Patrol then processes them, and they give them a court date, a court date of, you know, 10 years from now, and they turn them loose. That's it. And they know this, they know that process. This is Biden's policy. This is the this is the the regime that the administration created. The immigrants know this, the cartels know it, foreign countries know it. The FBI knows it too, by the way. Well, former FBI officials, the ones who aren't still, you know, in the Democrats' national police force, I guess. And these folks wrote a letter including Charlotte's own Chris Swecker, former FBI special agent in charge, Chris Swecker. He's one of the, sign- uh, the signatories, signatories, signers, one of the signers. He signed the, the letter. I'll get to that. 
You got to marvel at the breathtaking audacity of Democrats suddenly treating the court's non-existent words as if they were sacred text. I mean, this very week, Joe Biden once again ignored the Supreme Court and rolled out yet another iteration of his unconstitutional student loan forgiveness program. He habitually circumvents, ignores, defies, attacks, and demeans the Supreme Court. And Democrats and media, but I repeat myself, cheer him on along the way. Senate leaders and dark money fake media organizations like ProPublica have poured millions into delegitimizing and smearing the court to undermine its authority. But now that Texas, now that Texas is going to continue putting up fencing that the Supreme Court did not tell them to stop doing, now all of a sudden, this is a bridge too far. This, oh my gosh, you're undermining the Supreme Court. How dare you? Civil war. You guys are trying for a civil war. So ignoring the Supreme Court, that equals civil war? Oh, okay. Good to know. So Joe Biden, insurrectionist. David Harsanyi writing at The Federalist, he says, it is true, Biden has the power to ratchet up this fight to take federal control of the border and implement any policy he desires, or more specifically, any non-policy he desires. The Biden administration is standing in the way of Texas's efforts to enforce state and federal law. Once that happens... Well, then we'll have a constitutional crisis on our hands. And if Biden wants that, then that's what we're going to get. As a political matter, the case tells us that the border mayhem is not only a matter of historic incompetence, but it's also driven by ideology. Many Democrats believe limiting illegal immigration is immoral. They believe anybody who wants to walk over the border should be able to do so without any encumbrances. If you doubt that, I urge you to look at the responses I am having today on Twitter from leftists, because I merely said, I wish that our governor in North Carolina would stand in support of the Texas governor. And oh my gosh, the meltdown. It's been just galactic. Um, John Solomon writing at justthenews.com. With a constitutional crisis brewing in Texas and voters nationwide alarmed by the toll of illegal immigration, some of the FBI's most famous retired executives are issuing a stark warning to Congress that President Joe Biden's border policies have unleashed an invasion of military-aged male foreigners who pose one of the most pernicious ever threats to American security. Those are quotes. Ten former FBI executives, some who oversaw the FBI's um, intelligence, counterterrorism, criminal and training operations, they, they expressed their alarm in this letter that was dated on January 17th. So what, nine days ago, it was sent to House Speaker Mike Johnson, Senate Leader Chuck Schumer, and the chairman of the House and Senate committees that preside over the U.S. intelligence and homeland security apparatus. I have the letter <clears throat> because I'm on all those committees. Um <laughs> Let's see here. The list, I'll tell you who signed it here. Hang on a second. Kevin Brock, former assistant director of intelligence and former principal deputy director of National Counterterrorism Center. Chris Swecker, former assistant director of the criminal division. David Cezati, former assistant director of counterintelligence. Timothy Healy, former director of the terrorist screening center. 
Mark Morgan, former assistant director for training and the former acting commissioner of Homeland Security's Customs and Border Protection. William Gavin, retired assistant director of the Inspection Division. Timothy McNally, former assistant director of the L.A. Division. Retired Special Agent David Mitchell, who oversaw the FBI operations in Milwaukee, and Special Agent Jody Weiss, who oversaw FBI operations in Philadelphia. But from the letter, um, we write to express our. I'm just going to. I'm kind of going to uh, skip some of the some of the stuff, but this is most of it. We write to express our concern about a current specific threat that may be one of the most pernicious ever to menace the United States. The danger arises from the nature of the threat itself. Wars and espionage and bombings and riots are sadly familiar delivery systems of instability, intimidation, and insecurity. The country has faced these and more throughout its history and has held together, though not without struggle. The threat we call out today is new and unfamiliar. In its modern history, the U.S. has never suffered an invasion of the homeland, and yet... One is unfolding now. Military-aged men from across the globe, many from countries or regions not friendly to the United States, are landing in waves on our soil by the thousands, not by splashing ashore from a ship or parachuting from a plane, but rather by foot across a border that has been accurately advertised around the world as largely unprotected with ready access granted. This is one of the keys here, right? You overwhelm border patrol. You force all of them to do intake processing because everybody's an asylee. Everybody's claiming asylum. So the border patrol agents have to go there. They got to process everybody. They got to fill out the paperwork, right? They're responding to people that are, uh, that are swimming in the river, drowning and stuff. And so you got to send all these resources out. And what does that mean? It means not enough agents to go patrol the rest of the border. And the cartels know this, and so that's when they go to those parts of the of the border, and they put people over that are not exactly here to you know take advantage of the American opportunity. Right? They're using they're using the flood the zone tactic in order to occupy the resources and then send in the fentanyl, send in the terrorists. Right? They can they can transport whatever they want across the border in these other areas because they're unprotected because all the resources are focused on the wave that they have sent someplace else. This is gate crashing 101. Take it from a former deadhead. This is gate crashing. When you get everybody that's all piled up in one area and then it just spills over the gate and everybody rushes towards the stage so they can be closer to the stage and you got like five or six security guards, they can't chase everybody down. And while that breaks through and everybody's pouring over in this one area and all the security rushes to that area, then you've got weaknesses elsewhere along the line and people gate crash there. This isn't hard, people. WBT, Pete Callender Show. I'm Pete Callender, as it were. Um, Going back to this letter from uh, from the FBI officials, they wrote it like nine days ago. It would be difficult to overstate the danger represented by the presence inside our borders of what is comparatively a multi-division army of young single adult males from hostile nations and regions whose background, intent, 
or allegiance is completely unknown. It would be difficult to overstate the danger. They include individuals encountered by border officials and then possibly released into the country, along with a shockingly high estimate of gotaways, meaning those who entered and evaded apprehension. In light of such a daunting, unprecedented penetration by uninvited foreign actors, it is reasonable to assert that the country possesses dramatically diminished national security at this time. The nation's military and laws and other natural protective barriers that have provided traditional security in the past have been thoroughly circumvented over the past three years. In 2021, the demographics of those crossing the poorest southern boundary started to shift. Young men from around the world traveling alone and holding questionable motivations dramatically increased in number to become the most common profile of those breaching the nation's borders. That's why they always want to talk about the women and the children. But the, the, the demographic profile shifted almost three years ago. A startling number have been found on the terrorist watch list or are from countries designated as state sponsors of terror, distinctly unfriendly to the United States. This is particularly alarming in light of the Hamas terror attack in Israel last October 7. Those of us who have fought terrorism know that historically successful terror attacks invite mimicry. Copycats. We know as well that terror leaders intentionally cultivate throngs of young men possessing a certain easily manipulated personality type to carry out atrocities. It is stark to say so, but having a large number of young males now within our borders who could begin attacking gatherings of unarmed citizens in imitation of 10-7 and at the behest of a foreign terror group must be considered a distinct possibility. We would be remiss not to call out this potentially grave threat in the most direct terms. The warning lights are blinking. And yet, this very real concern does not seem to be getting the focus that it logically deserves. The director of the FBI has correctly assessed an elevated threat level since 10-7, but relatively little discussion has followed, highlighting unsecured borders as a significant cause of this increasingly dangerous environment. It's it is a troubling concern that needs illumination, not avoidance. Any violation of the nation's immigration laws increases risks. But the surge in numbers of single, military-aged males descending upon American cities and towns is alarming and perilous. Additionally, they're not just from terror-linked regions, but from China and Russia as well, hostile adversaries of the U.S. with aspirations to devastate national infrastructure. If, By the way, if, if you think the Russians... Uh, got Donald Trump elected in order to destroy us, right? To make him a puppet, to take down America, and to destroy the democracy. Like, if you believe that, why would you think that Russia is not sending people in to do the equivalent right now? I know I'm asking a lot when I say this, but please, for the love of me, for my sake, Think logically. I know that's a, it's a heavy lift for some people. I, I understand. But think logically. Right? 
Just like I tell, uh, I was telling people, you know, Donald Trump, he's a dictator. Okay, well, then you should not want any kind of gun restrictions. Because if he's a dictator, you're going to need the guns against him, right? Yeah, that, that logic never broke through either. But for these reasons, they say, elements of this recent surge are likely no accident or coincidence. These men are potential operators in what appears to be an accelerated and strategic penetration a soft invasion designed to gain internal access to a country that cannot be invaded militarily in order to inflict catastrophic damage if and when enemies deem it necessary. We've talked about this before. If China moves on Taiwan, do you think that they don't do something in America first to make us lose uh, communications, to send us into a panic? to put us on our heels, right, to distract us. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, we would totally help you out, Taiwan, but holy cow, like our, you know, the whole East Coast power grid went down. This new reality, they say, this never-seen-before threat deserves greater attention. The borders need to be secured against these young men and those already here illegally have to be identified and removed without delay. This will take the coordinated, cooperative efforts of the FBI, uh, Homeland Security, and the rest of the intelligence community to achieve. We encourage these actions and much greater congressional attention to this threat. The country has been invaded. These are FBI officials, counterterrorism officials. I mean, they're all retired, so maybe that's why they can speak freely on all of this stuff. The, The country has been invaded. An invasion that will continue as long as the nation's enemies perceive it will be tolerated. Until it is stopped, the United States is extraordinarily less safe and secure. How about this? Pretend it's climate change, lefties, okay? Pretend that it's like this this whole big mass of carbon dioxide, That's rolling across Mexico. It actually is, right? People are exhaling all the way. They're coming across the border. They're breathing. They're exhaling CO2. Like, you're bringing in all of this Gaia Earth killing climate change. Just picture that in your mind, that it's climate change coming through. You want to stop this from occurring, or else those scientists are going to change that doomsday clock another second or something. Because this time it's getting closer. Oh my gosh, it's like 58 seconds to midnight when we all die. Until it is stopped, they conclude the U.S. is extraordinarily less safe and secure. Knowing all of this, it would be a shameful travesty if some terrible attack, a preventable attack, were to occur against innocent Americans or the infrastructure that keeps the nation safe and functioning. The government will have failed grievously in its duty to protect. Sincerely, and then they have the the signatures of the the 10 people, who, by the way, they say they are just representative of a larger population. Um, Kevin Brock, who organized the letter, um, he said it reflected the warnings and alarm of a much larger body of the current and retired FBI community. He said, we limited the letter to 10 signers due to its urgency, but it reflects the sentiments of many more former FBI agents and executives who expressed to us a shared deep concern about this particular threat to the nation. We are by no means the first 
to articulate unease about the surge of military-aged men from hostile regions and countries coming across the border, but we felt our collective voice, which sits atop mounds of experience combating threats to the nation, might help draw the greater attention that this specific danger deserves and increase momentum to actually do something about it. The FBI and its federal and state partners can identify and find these individuals. They are good at that. Give them the priority orders to do so. Like I said, this is Joe Biden's mess. This is all on him. He can change it at any time he wants to. All he has to do is re-implement the Remain in Mexico policy. You can claim asylum, but you don't get to stay here while you wait for your court trial. And by the way, the vast majority of the people that are claiming asylum, they actually don't have legitimate asylum claims. They just say that. I know it's going to be a shock to find out that people lie after traveling hundreds or thousands of miles, being tortured, raped, abused, whatever, and they come across the desert and they get here and then they may tell a fib so they get to stay. 